When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. You know, Cherry, what would have been really good if I had gotten off my lazy bones Jones over here and... um, played that kick butt uh, voicemail message that we had because somebody reached out to 603-212-4600, left a killer voicemail, and guess what? Mark forgot it. I didn't pull it. It's my fault. I'm sorry. We'll play it next time, and it's great. Yeah, we've been waiting to hear it, Mark. I know. I'm a horrible human being. I forgot. No. No, true no, story. My you're not phone, a horrible human being. my phone broke, so I have a new phone, and it's not hooked to anything, and I haven't got around to hooking it up to everything just yet. But we'll get there. Hey, Mark. Hey, Charity. What? what? We have a creep that has a birthday today. We do. Which is Wednesday. Yes, no way. Tim Macklem. Happy birthday. Hey, hey, happy birthday! I'll get ready. Meow. Meow for you, my friend. <gasps> Wow, Tim, you're going to meow. Everybody else has got a birthday ready. Meow. I love it. Um, Me too. All right. So I have a an interesting news story that came across the uh, email to me by the one and only charity, actually. <laughs> Sent me this. She's like, what do you think? That's I'm like, right, guys. I'm like, this is a little sketch. Um, a Washington State podcast host and her husband were killed early Friday morning by a truck driver from Texas, who had stalked the woman, police said. Speaking to reporters, Redmond Police Chief Daryl Lowe called the killings the absolute worst outcome for a stalking case. This is every victim, every detective's, and every police chief's worst nightmare, he said. Authorities believe the shooter identified as, guys, I am going to absolutely butcher this, so I apologize in advance, Ramin Kokodakamanzaziri, 38 years old, broke in. 
to the couple's home in Redmond, about 15 miles northeast of Seattle, through a bedroom window around 2 a.m. The woman's mother encountered the shooter but escaped and went to a neighbor's house to call 911. Looks like she got a little lucky there, Charity. Yeah. That's That's crazy. When officers arrived, they found the woman's husband, 35 years old, with a gunshot wound to his chest. Police performed CPR on the man, but he died from his injury. The woman, 33, was found dead inside the residence along with the shooter. Green said the gunman died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The victims have not been identified. Lowe said the woman and the suspect met through a social network app in a group for Farsi speakers. I don't know what that is. So maybe I'm safe. I don't know what Farsi speakers is. So we're safe, Charity, over here. Nobody knows Case Watch. Okay. Apparently, he got to know her because of a podcast that she was doing, and they struck up a kind of friendship. But then he began to send a lot of messages to the point where she decided to disengage. The woman first contacted the Redmond Police Department in in December, followed up in January because the suspect's actions intensified. At one point, Lowe said she reported more than 100 contacts from a man in a single day. He also appeared in person and sent gifts via mail and other items. The victim installed security cameras and did everything they possibly could to protect themselves. Lowe said he was briefed on the case earlier this week. King County District Court records show that Kodaka Mazaranarani was charged with one count of misdemeanor stalking and two counts of telephone harassment on March 2nd, the same day a bench warrant was issued for his arrest. On May th- on March 3rd, sorry about that, a judge granted a temporary protection order against the individual that's a douchebag with a really long name and set a hearing for a full court order the record showed. The, the big long name douchebag was also not president at, present at the hearing. He was ordered to surrender his weapons and because the gunman lived in Texas, officers could not serve the man with the order because they were not able to make contact with him directly. Police do not know how long he had been in Washington prior to the shooting. It is an unfortunate that stalking ended in such a tragic way. We will definitely follow up on this case, guys, because more stuff will be coming out on it every single day. Um, I was trying to do a little bit of digging to find out who the people actually were and what podcast they have, but they're kind of playing that a little close to the belt at this point. And I get it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's tragic. It really is charity. It's, it's horrible. I, I hate hearing things like that. And it, I mean, there's been many stalking cases in the world. A lot of celebrities have had stalkers. I mean, look at Selena, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, that was the worst, the, the head of our fan club. That's just so sad. So sad. Oh, 100%. Absolutely horrible. It's the the worst case scenario. If you do you ever remember that movie that was uh, De Niro called The Fan, it was very similar to that where he yes. kind of felt like he became part of their life. It's very sad yeah. what goes on in people's heads, but definitely something we want to keep a watch out for because, you know, we're all in the see something, say something business over here. That's true. Mark, if I see someone trying to come at you, and becoming obsessed with you, don't you worry, got you back. I will 100% say, oh, you need to send that message to Charity. She's the one who likes to respond to people. No. <laughs> so, guys. See, guys, uh, he just throws me right under the bus. 100%. <laughs> we are recording remotely today, just giving you guys another heads up because Mother Nature decided to rear her ugly head and start just buckets of snow outside her window. 
I had yeah, zero she's, snow she's on my yard yesterday. Good. I had none. No snow. Yeah. Now I have like eight inches. Mm-hmm. That's what you she do. said. And you're going to maybe have four to eight more. Uh, that's what she said. Right? Oh, I haven't hit the button in a while. That's what she said. Um, Guys, so, I don't have my button near me. I'll hit mine twice for you. That's what she said. There we go. The people Thanks. that own these buttons are going to come after us. Like, they've been making way too much money off these buttons. But, all right, right? so what story do you have for me, Charity? Um, I have a little something. A little something for you, Mark. Let me just put my glasses on. She's got to put her old lady, old lady glasses on. I have to be able to on. read this. I, I want to get one of those ones that, like, where they hang around my neck. Do you think I'd look wicked old if I did that? I want to get those ones. <laughs> so I could just put them on? I want the ones that uh, snap together in the middle. On the nose yes. bridge. That's what I want. I know. I yeah, sophisticated until I open my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, so I have um, a very interesting story to report, guys. You know, here at, at, at uh, Case Watch, we love the interesting, weird cases, don't we, Mark? Oh, we thrive Let me just on them. Um, this is from... Um, www.cbsnews.com. And um, let me just read the headline for you. Ready? Okay. Per- Peruvian man found with centuries old mummy in his cooler bag. He called the corpse Juanita, my spiritual girlfriend. Should I read on? Oh, I need to know more. <laughs> okay. A Peruvian man was searched at an archaeology site in Puno. I'm not even going to say it. And Mark's not even taking it out. So, And when police looked inside his delivery cooler bag, it was carrying just about the farthest thing from food. Inside was a centuries-old mummy. Whoa. <laughs> According to the BBC, police had stopped the man for acting drunk at the site. He had a large red cooler bag with him, which officers then searched. In it, they found an ancient mummy that was in the fetal position. Totally normal, right? Oh, yeah. Like, totally normal. Yeah. The man, identified by Reuters as Julio Caesar, told a local news outlet that the mummy's name is Juanita and that it had been in his family for 30 years, Reuters said. The local news outlet, Hunosin Filtro, said that the bag belongs to delivery food service Pedidosia. Sorry. So he went on to say, the man with the mummy, it sleeps in my bedroom with me. Wow. (laughs) There's my bed, the TV set, and next to it, there's Juanita. (laughs) I take care of it. It's like, if you'll pardon the expression, as if it were my spiritual girlfriend. Peru's Ministry of Culture got custody of the mummy, saying a day after it was apprehended that it was a mummified adult male. So it wasn't Juanita, guys. It was Juan. Presumably from Puno. <laughs> it was Juan. Maybe. <laughs> I can't. That they believe to be between 600 and 800 years old. They took custody of the mummy to, quote, protect and preserve the heritage. The mummy is believed to have been around 45 years old at the time of his death and now measures to be just under five feet, the BBC reported. Puno, known for being the birthplace of the Inca Empire, is located in the South American country, southeast along Lake Titicaca. T-I-T-I-C-A-C-A. The mummy's estimated age means... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Is that Titicaca? Yeah, 
It's titty caca. Titty caca. <laughs> we just made the some sort of list out such, there. We are such we are such children. Now, mommy's estimate, mommy's estimated age means that he was likely alive during the reign of the Inca Empire, which rose in the early 1200s and ruled until around 1533, according to the Smithsonian Institution. Whoa. The man and the two friends he was with at the time that they were confronted by police are now being investigated. Whoa. That was some story, guys. Imagine you are the mummy and you're now mistakenly known as Juanita because you obviously were not packing much. So you you didn't know that when Juanita didn't have a wang, it was a Juan. (laughs) So here's my question. Mummified. Okay. Yep. So... I'm trying to picture these pictures of you can't really tell what it is, but just that he carried this poor guy's mummified body around with him. Who would think to do that? Like it, that it was passed down to him from generation to generation. So that means Juan slept in other family members' beds. Juan got around. <laughs> Juan definitely got around. <laughs> I got, Go on. <laughs> all right. So I have two more things before we jump into the main story. I have one that's kind of a just a, a be on be on your best looking around you, I guess, because you don't know what's going to happen around you. Just just a little heads up Two arrested oh after allegedly allegedly trying to kidnap woman in Hartford, Vermont. Two people have been arrested after allegedly trying to kidnap a woman in the towns bordering New Hampshire. Hartford, Vermont police said it happened Friday morning on South, uh, at the South on 5 Motel North Heartland Road. According to investigators, April Sandville and Dana Westcott, both of Hartford, assaulted the victim, stole her phone, and tried to force her into a car. Officials said the car, which had New Hampshire license plates, was spotted on Vermont Route 14, Shortly after 9 a.m. on Saturday, and Sandville and Westcott were both arrested. Westville and Sandville are both charged with assault and robbery, larceny from a person, simple assault, and attempted unlawful restraint in the first degree. Just a little, be aware of your surrounding and what's going on, because this had the makings of a very bad story if this had continued on, because this is how all of these people who end up dead start, and it's horrible. Yep. And you right. hear about this at a lot of different, uh, like Walmarts and stuff. A lot of this stuff happens where women are, are coming out of the store and they're parked kind of far away and they get yeah approached by strangers. So, yep, you're right. Watch everybody. Watch your surroundings. Happens, now, Mark, you said you had some. Happens to men as well. So let's not just leave that as Oh, women. yes. Oh, no, absolutely. Well. Absolutely. So when Charity had said to me the other day what she had going on, and I, I, I said, you know, I, I have a funny a funny story, a funny haha I'll tell on the on the pod because I kind of tell everything. Kristen already looked at me and says, "Don't you effing dare tell that story on the podcast." And I went, "Well, that instantly means I'm telling this story on the podcast now." So we had to go shopping. Our local supermarket around here is Market Basket. So I mean, we've discussed, you know, discussed that in the past that people have like Piggly Wigglies and Happy Hahas and whatever other grocery stores they have i want to i want a piggly wiggly i want anything but the ones that we have market baskets okay but it's just still a little weird but so anyway so i'm not a fan of 
the shopping of groceries. We'll start off by saying that. Like, it's a waste of time. I can't stand doing it. I'm annoyed as F as soon as I get in the store. I want to mow people over. We've discovered this in the past and discussed about it many, many times. So we're making our way around the store. And as we're getting... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. more and more in depth into the the shopping experience my belly starts kind of doing gymnastics a little bit and i was like oh this is not good oh no it's Uh-oh. a rumble in the tumble and uh-oh george carlin has that old joke about having to fart and not knowing the uh, nature of the beast well I hadn't farted oh, at all that no. entire day but i'm also pretty secure in myself so i really don't care so we're walking in the back section by the meat department that's when Kristen goes oh i forgot milk and she was like i'm just gonna run down and grab it real quick and i was like okay so now i'm left to my own devices and i'm sitting there and I'm twiddling my thumbs and i'm like now's a perfect time to pop off a silent but deadly fart like there's nobody around me this would be perfect oh no Yes. You crop dusted, didn't you? I'm not sure if that term fits what I did to this store. Um, Oh, Mark. Yeah. I ripped a fart, which instantly burned. So people know. Yes, I'm looking at her face. People know the nature of the beast (laughs) I'm talking about. So and like it's bad and it's sunday and it's packed oh no i don't care so i just walk about 20 feet and i just watch the gaggle unfold so so what happened what kristen is down at the other end of the store has no clue what's going on and now i'm starting to watch people enter my virtual crop dust (laughs) and i can see people's faces turning and it's bad i'm not gonna lie it was bad probably one of my proudest <laughs> moments as as a person who loves to fart because i'm like you know two-year-old oh my god and, like i had to move because it was bad and i also didn't want to be blamed for it so then it's like i see people start covering their face and they're like walking fast and they're like oh my god what's going on and it's horrible and then as we're doing this Kristen walks through the cloud and she comes over she's like Somebody farted so bad. The whole store stinks. It's horrible. People are like gagging. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she went, that was freaking you, wasn't it? And I went, yes. And she's just like, just walk. She's like, I'm so disappointed in you. 
And I looked at her. I'm like, what did you expect? I'm, this is what I do. And then we just watched people for like two minutes, just like covering their face and not knowing what to do. I tell it all oh here, people. God. I tell everything here. I don't care. He does, guys. He does. He tells us what's up. Or what comes out. So that might be a, that could be a Mark is a douchebag moment. Ready? I I claim myself as a douchebag. Hold on. Let's ask the creeps. Creeps, was Mark a douchebag for not holding in his stink? Uh, Or did did he not want to get a bellyache? No, no. You have a famous line that I won't say on here if you don't want me to, but it's like, it's great. It fits that moment perfectly. And what else is not I going to do? Not getting a bellyache for anyone. Yeah, not getting nope. a bellyache for anyone. I, what am I going to do? Blow up my, my Jeep? No, that ain't happening. God, you got to <laughs> get it out before you get in there. You don't want to lock yourself in the stink. I, well, you just probably woke up some people. I've done that before. I have been driving somewhere and like locked the window and let off a nice little silent fart. And I wait to see how long it takes Kristen to try to roll her window down. Guys, remember everyone says hanging out with Mark sounds like a lot of fun. It's not when you have to on a daily basis. Like Kristen's a saint for putting up with half the crap I do to her. It's horrible. She really is. She really is, guys. But it's funny. It's true. She's a saint. It is funny. So I figured. Well, you know. We needed a little funny haha before Charity gets into her story of debauchery of whatever else she's dug up with today. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, we're talking about, um, we're going to be talking about a passion crime, Oh, but it's a different type of passion. If you catch my drift. No, I'm going to have to wait and listen. No, now I'm confused. I'm I'm excited to see where she's going with this. I got to be honest before you jump into your story real quick. I got to say how much of a pleasure it sometimes can be recording remotely. Cause the last thing I wanted to do today was to put on pants. And I have now succeeded. Are you pantsless? I am pantsless doing the You're podcast. You're pantsless. Oh, yeah. You are not oh, 100%, pantsless. 100%. 100%. The second I am home and not going anywhere, his pants are on the floor. The only reason I have a shirt on is because you can see my upper body on Zoom. And I was not going to be shirtless doing the podcast. What's that? What's it called? Porky Piggin? I'm Porky Piggin it right now. Porky I have, I have yeah. boxers huh. on, weirdo. Like I'm not sitting here naked from the said- waist down. I'm pantsless. I don't have any pants Well, on. you're the one. You're the one who said you were pantsless, and some people don't wear undies. So at least we know you wear undies now. I'm in the group that does. <laughs> All right, Charity, did you, did you dig up the article and ready to roll? Yeah, that's one thing Mark doesn't like about remote. <laughs> What's that? Trying to talk Charity. Trying to talk Charity. <laughs> Like how to get her computer set up and how to hook yeah, the, up. The 20 minutes stuff. before the podcast rolls where I we have to figure <laughs> out. Charity's like, we just did this four days ago, but I completely forgot how to do this. <laughs> Can you Sorry, send guys. me the link again? And it's like, yeah. it's been the same link we've had since we started this podcast. We've never changed it. It's literally the same link. You know what, Mark? We all have our strengths and we have our weaknesses. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start off. I'm talking about Dan Eric Markle. Okay, so Daniel Eric Markle was born on October 9th, 1972 in Toronto, Canada, and he was also raised there. He did move to the U.S. where he attended Harvard. So clearly this dude was extremely smart. Smart, smart, smart. Sliced right into Harvard. 
He studied politics and philosophy and graduated magna cum laude. Did I say that right? I, I don't I know what that means. Clearly, clearly I didn't. Right? <laughs> Dan was lucky enough to be able to go on a Dorit Fellowship in Israel. Rabbi Nachman of Dorit Foundation says that the Dorit Fellowship is a unique opportunity for young American Jews to spend 10 months in Israel, diving deep into complex realities of personal and collaborative leadership, social change, Israel, and Jewishness. While on fellowship, Dan finished attending the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Sounds like he took his Jewish studies very seriously oh, yeah. and clearly loved to educate himself. This guy like really liked school. He liked to learn things. After the fellowship, he got his master's degree in political theory from Emmanuel College in Cambridge, Mass. Finally, in 2001, Dan received his JD or Doctorate of Law from Harvard Law School. Holy education. That is very impressive. Very impressive. I wonder what he would think if he listened to this podcast. Right. <laughs> Dan started working as a law clerk at the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. In 2005, he began teaching as a professor at Florida State University College of Law. Not too long after he became a professor at FSU, he married Wendy with an I, Edelson, on February 26, 2006. Wendy with an I, not a Y. I don't think I've ever met a Wendy with an I before. Well, I mean, she nope. had eyes, but not ended with I. Two eyes. Yeah. Odd. Spelled that way. Yeah, that's weird. At the time, at the time, Wendy with an I was in her third year of law school at the University of Miami. After graduation, she became a law professor at FSU. Just like her husband, Dan took his shot and in 2009 co-wrote the book called Privilege or Punish, Criminal Justice and the Challenge of Family Ties. He also was a co-founder for a blog specifically for law professors called Prof's Blog. Also in 2009, Dan and Wendy welcomed their first son, Benjamin, and in 2010, they had another son named Lincoln. So sounds like things are going great, right? Right, yeah. Things are good. This is a good story. Maybe this is a good story. Um, I know you this well enough to story. say this is not going to be. <laughs> well, Mark, they both are professors. They have their kids now. They, I'm sure, live in a beautiful home. And it's just, it's wonderful. Well, the marital bliss between these two lawyers didn't last very long after Lincoln was born. Wendy filed for divorce on September 10th, 2012. It's been said that Dan had come home from a business trip that day and found the house he shared with his wife and two kids almost emptied and his family was nowhere to be found. He found the divorce papers from his wife on the bed. Come to find out, Wendy had taken the kids and their belongings to stay with her parents in Coral Springs, but brought them back when Dan told her he, she couldn't take the kids away from him. Yikes. It already sounds like the beginning of a very difficult divorce. Mm -hmm. And boy, was it. So I don't know why there was so much hatred. It just, I mean, it, it, just to come home from a trip like that. I mean, they had they had to have been having issues, I would assume, you know. But to just come home and have your whole family be gone, and then there's just divorce papers on the bed. I that, wish probably we kinda... knew what was precipitous to this. There's probably more. Uh, maybe yeah. you do get into it. I don't know, but it makes you wonder yeah. if what else yeah. was there. It does. 
It does. Dan pleaded that the children should stay put in the area they knew, saying, quote, there is no need or benefit for ripping the fabric of their lives. That sounds lawyery, doesn't it? It very much does. <laughs> I just would have been like, I want things to stay the same for them. <laughs> the fabric of their lives. Uh. He also brought up in court the fact of how he found out Wendy wanted a divorce, stripping the house and taking the children without letting him know they were even leaving. Yeah. Okay, so he's they're both being spiteful back and forth, it sounds like, right? Yep. He said the way she went about it was, quote, cruel and abrupt, end quote. Wendy said that if she and the boys moved to Coral Springs, they could be closer to family due to the fact that her parents lived there. She said that, that the move would be, quote, providing more stability and consistency for them. Yeah, you can tell these two are both lawyers. Can you imagine, like divorcing two lawyers divorcing each other like knowing the all like the laws like that no i bet like all the the little sayings and stuff that kind of loopholes and i don't know the judge in this case is probably like ugh, this again right i I, i'm sure he was he was probably or she who knows but they probably very annoying to have them go back and forth right even with all the arguing, the divorce was able to be finalized without having to go to trial in July of 2013. Wendy, however, was not allowed to take the children to live in Coral Springs. Sounds like Dan stood his ground on that one, not wanting the children to be away from him. So, I mean, it sounds like he's a good dad, right? He wants to be near his boys. Um, and just because he and his wife are getting divorced doesn't mean that you know, he doesn't want to let, his kids. Let me let so you she, in on my train of thought. Every time I open my mouth and say something where I try to defend somebody, then they turn out to be the, the most heinous, worst person in the world. So now I'm afraid to say like, yeah, he should have access to his kids too, because we might find out and then, you know, I'll get done my, my soliloquy and share uh, charity goes. And then he turned around and killed everybody. And I'm like, wow, no, now Mark's a bad guy. No, this is just how these stories go. You got to tell the whole story. I know. Right? Yep. And that's how we figure out why or if it is a crime of passion. Oh, that's right. Yes. The divorced couple agreed to share custody of their boys. Even though Dan and Wendy had equal time with the children, Dan had to give Wendy $841 a month child support on top of $120,000 at the time of their divorce. Hmm. I I can only assume that Dan, that Dan had way more money than his ex-wife, but that was their agreement. That's crazy, huh? Yes. Even though the divorce was final, these two just couldn't get along. They argued about money amounts, where the kids should be going to school, and who gets the kids when. Sounds like it was a constant back and forth. I wonder why they were so spiteful, like I said earlier. I don't know. I don't know if I didn't. I couldn't find anywhere that someone cheated. I couldn't find, you know, anything like that. So that's usually the case when somebody cheats or does something they're not supposed to is you find something out like this. But without knowing, it's hard to say. Right. In February of 2014, things started to escalate when Dan filed a motion. This motion stated that Wendy and her lawyer were not honest about her finances. I'm guessing he thought that she had more money than she said initially. 
He then filed a motion stating he did not want Wendy's mother, Donna, to be alone with the boys. He claimed she was filling their heads with negative lies about him. A court hearing was scheduled to deal with the motions Dan filed, but it had been postponed. So we can imagine that Wendy and Dan were most likely stewing, right? <laughs> right? Both having to wait until their day in court. Dan made quite the accusations about Wendy's mom. I'm sure her entire family saw him in a negative light. So who knows? Maybe they were saying things to the kids. Maybe the kids were coming, coming home and, um, you know, saying, you know, so-and-so said this or how come this or why this, you know, I, I don't know. There's usually but, some bit of truth to some of this stuff in the background. There usually yeah. always is. Usually. Um, let's fast forward to July 18th. 2014 and talk about what took place on that day all right are you ready i am ready all right let's get in let's go the accounts we are going to talk about are reported by wtxl tallahassee dan started his day like any other day when he had the kids with him at about 8 50 a.m he dropped the two boys off the daycare from there he drove to premier health and fitness at 9 12 a.m to get a workout in Footage showed a Toyota Prius arriving at the gym exactly the same time as Dan. I'm sure he didn't even notice the car. The same Prius, interestingly, left the gym at 10.38 a.m., the exact time Dan left. Um, it's assumed that the Prius followed him around the entire morning and eventually followed him home. At 11.02 a.m., a call came into the Tallahassee Police Department by a neighbor of Dan's. Shortly before the 911 call came in, Dan had been on the phone with someone. The person said they heard what sounded like a gunshot. They then said they heard Dan make a weird sound and he was breathing really strange. Then Dan stopped talking altogether. When the police got to Dan's house, they found him still in his car, slumped over with what appeared to be a gunshot wound to his head. Uh -oh. He hadn't even driven into his garage yet. Clearly, whoever shot him did it quickly and got out of there. Dan was rushed to the hospital but succumbed to his injuries, and sadly, he passed away the very next day. What are we thinking, Mark? I'm feeling bad right thoughts? now. Now, this isn't right? what I thought See, you should we have were, said nice things about him. This isn't where I thought we were going to go. You should have said nice things about him. I, it's still, you still don't know yet. I reserve my okay. stuff. And Okay. An investigation took place, and it was discovered that Dan was shot twice, once in the forehead and once in the left cheek. The neighbor that made the 911 call said after they heard the gunshot, they witnessed a Toyota Prius with two men inside back out of the driveway. The investigation as to who was responsible for Dan's death went well into two years. Wow. Finally, investigators were able to find out who the two men were in the Prius. Sigfrido Garcia and Louis... Rivera. A witness came forward and said they saw the two men meet at, at a motel. They noticed Lewis was holding the exact type of gun that Dan was shot with. The witness wasn't named. I would assume they were probably afraid for their safety. Right. I'd, I'd do the same thing, right? If I, if I heard a news story of something that happened and I thought I saw two key players in it, I would definitely stay anonymous because there's no need, especially if there, no one's been apprehended. You know what I mean? 100%. I would clearly protect myself. These, well, yeah. I mean, to, clearly these two men were very dangerous if they would just shoot somebody, you know what I mean, and just mm -hmm. drive off. It was then discovered that Lewis rented a 2008 Toyota Prius under his own name. 
and a rental place in Miami from July 15th, 2014 to July 21st. The same car seen following Dan around the day he was shot. Not quite a genius. Genius, <laughs> Why would you genius, your own name? genius. I love it when you say that. <laughs> don't, don't you like, shouldn't you like pay somebody to go rent the car for you? Why would you put you? I don't know. Or maybe steal one? I, I, something. I just realized like how stupid people are out there. Very. July. I mean, not that I'd be smart. Like, I, that's why I'm not a criminal. Charity's going to have her book pretty soon, just like OJ. If I did it, this is how I would have, or whatever it was. <laughs> what I've learned from doing a crime podcast. Right? Oh, there you go. July, New York Times bestseller. Right? And I'm doing it. Do it. July 17th was the day that the two men checked into the very motel in Tallahassee that the witness heard them talking and saw the gun. So again, they used their regular names, their real names Idiots. in the hotel. Stupid dumbasses. Their phones were checked and the info showed they were both in the gym parking lot at the same time as Dan. That's just a coincidence, right? That I mean one hundred percent. That that was just a coincidence. That was just a coincidence. Yep. That which I was just watching something before we recorded, and it was a murder case, and it's actually one I might cover, but the person of interest, like, lied about where they were, and, like, they interview your work, loser, and then they had him on, like, all the cameras. They were able to track it because he left his phone at home thinking he was going to, you know, avoid the tracking Yep. And you could see his car. They followed it exactly where it went to dump the body. And, and he was still like, oh, yeah, I was only, uh, I was only it wasn't me. for an hour. And, uh, yeah. I got pizza. And uh, oh, then I got some drugs. And it's like, I used, to, I, people are so, like, you're, they, they've got you red handed, dude. Just stop talking. I would be Anyways, one of the worst people a- in the world to have to give an alibi because, like, I forget what I do when I do it. It's like, um, I could be gone for like five hours and Kristen would be like, what did you do when you were gone? I'm like, I mean, A, probably went to McDonald's. I probably drove around and went to the dispensary and did this or that. Like, I I, I don't know. I like dilly-dally places, so I, I don't know. I can just picture you, like, driving around. Yeah. stops. Not really, like, driving by somewhere and say, oh, I think I, should, I probably should go in there. That's why I can't yeah, have cash there, in my wallet because I stopped my candy bars. Oh, yes. You have mentioned that. Yes. True story. You've mentioned that before. Yeah. True story. Here is what investigators had to say. Information obtained from the cellular service of Rivera's number is consistent with Rivera's handset traveling from North Miami to Tallahassee at a time consistent with having committed the murder and then immediately heading back to North Miami after the homicide. Hmm. This guy is just so stupid. Odd. I really, I just, I really have such love for stupid ass criminals. Right? Like these two are triple D's to me. Yeah, right on. Positive they right? Positive they had their killers. Investigators brought both idiots into the inter- to interview them. Neither of them would admit that they had anything to do with Dan's murder. Sigfrido was arrested on May 25th, 2016 and Lewis was pinned as his accomplice. Lewis was already in the Clink at the time of a ga- for a gang related crime. I love it when you say that. I love when I can just clink. Clink. So 
So police were sure they had Dan's uh, murderers, but there was still a big question to be answered. Why? Why would these two rando men want Dan dead? What was their connection to him? Police were sure the murder wasn't just a random act of violence. Since Dan had zero connection to these men, they began to look deeper into Dan's personal life and started finding some interesting bits of info. They quickly discovered the nasty divorce that had taken place and all the issues Dan and Wendy with an eye had since the divorce. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> I need that. To keep saying. <laughs> I love it. Sorry. They found out that Wendy's family had quite the influence on her. Her brother, Charlie Adelson, didn't like Dan at all, and in fact, they never got along. Emails were found stating Wendy's mother wanted her daughter to convince Dan to let her daughter and grandkids move to South Florida. Sounds like Wendy's family didn't want Dan in the, in the family's lives at all. You think? Remember that court hearing that had, yeah, remember that court hearing that had gotten pushed ahead a little that would force Wendy's family to have to abide by the custody rules? Well, it had been quickly approaching close to the time of Dan's death. This was enough of a motive for the police to think that Wendy's parents, Harvey and Donna, along with her brother Charlie, may have taken things into their own hands. I got to stop you real quick. My phone just went off and it was uh, the case watch line and somebody's behind on the podcast. So this still happens to this day. So people will, will say something and then I have to like shake my head and be like, when did I ever discuss this? And I, it took me a minute. So I was reading it and it said, I might be late to the party, but if you're bringing something to a party, it is the party. Sorry, Mark, Kim from PA. And I was like, what? The? And I was, oh my God, like a year ago, we talked about bringing stuff yes. to a party and leaving. So I just wrote back to her, LOL, yes, with some exceptions. <laughs> That's amazing. So, I love that. Yeah, we have a um, we have actually in the case uh, the crime creep group we have a good amount of new people still coming in there um, that are moving through the cases. That, did you see the one um, where um, they found us because they were they saw another case um, they saw a case on TV a documentary and then yes. they just googled because they wanted to know more about it and we showed up and I thought that was really cool. At first, I was like, did they mention us on this show? That's how I, so I started like digging I know. around. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> are, we become, are we becoming famous? No. Oh, no. Okay, so here we go. Figment in, Another famous player in our own was, mind, Charity, is what we are. Yes, 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 yes. Another player was soon to be named Catherine Magbanu. I think I pronounced that last name messed up but that's okay because Catherine's an ass hat. Catherine has two, had, has two children who is the children's father, you ask? It's Sigfrido Rivera, of course. Ooh. And who was Catherine dating at, at the time of Dan's murder, you ask? Wendy's brother, Charlie. It would have been better that if it was somebody named Royo or something. So we had Sigfrido and Roydo or something. It would have been even made oh, the story better. It would have. 100%. Investigators started to look into Catherine's phone history and not so shockingly they found that there were many calls back and forth with both of the accused men and dun, 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 the Adelson family no what are the odds stupid is as stupid does I guess I never saw um, that coming no no no, never. no it was never also discovered that Catherine met with the killers the night before they left for Tallahassee 
The first call Sigfrido made after the murder was to Catherine. And on the day leading up to the murder, it was found that calls went back and forth between Sigfrido, Charlie, and Catherine. Why would they have used their real phones? I don't get it. Why would you use your real phones? Because they're dumb. They rented their own cars. They used their own phones. They probably looked up how to murder somebody on their internet at home. I just, I I, I don't know. With all the text messages and calls, investigators believed they had enough solid info to link Catherine to Dan's murder. So she was arrested and charged. Wendy was not charged with anything, but she, her mother Donna, and her brother Charlie were named as conspirators to the killing. Louis Rivera pled guilty to murder and was sentenced to 19 years in jail. Sigfredo Garcia was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. So he's the one who pulled the trigger. I think that Lewis should have gotten more than 19 years, if you ask me. But whatever. Catherine was found guilty of first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and solicitation of murder. Her original trial, trial was a mistrial, but her retrial didn't help her because she was found guilty and sentenced to two consecutive 30-year sentences. Douchebags. Fi- yep. Yep, 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 yep. Finally, Charlie Adelson was arrested for his part and charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and solicitation of murder. He has not gone to trial yet. Evidence will be heard on May 1st, 2023. And jury selection is due to take place on April 24th, 2023. So this is like, this is coming up soon, guys. After all these years have gone by. Oh, so we should definitely pay attention to what's going on in this case. Because this is, like you said, it's happening now. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah, that's eight years after Dan's murder. It's amazing how long these things can take. It's nuts to me sometimes. I, I bet they just want to. I bet they just want to make sure they had enough. I don't know. Who knows? Enough of you know info and all kinds of stuff. Maybe maybe the other ones that are already in jail uh, have been talking and talking. I don't know. I don't know. But it is crazy. Eight years. So here is an interesting little twist. So Charlie Adelson is a former, not anymore right now, because he's in trouble, wealthy periodontist. Perio, periodontitis. Periodontist. Oh, my God. I think is that how I say it. This is why I love so doing he, this he's show. Smart. The, the, he's smart, though. Well, book smart know. is different than street smarts. Let's, let's negate that. that right there. And... Those usually sometimes the people that have the real extreme book smarts do not have very good street smarts. True that. Well, it's been said that Dan was the person who funded. I mean, excuse me, not Dan. Charlie was the one that funded Dan's death. So he pay. He was like out the one who said, "I'll give you guys the money." You know what I mean? Just get it done. It's also been said that Charlie paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. So. Like they were all going to split it. It wasn't just like, you know, 5,000. You know, sometimes you, oh, uh, so you watch something and they pay someone to kill their significant other for like $3,000. And the person's like, okay. Like, uh, I love the ones that again, are like, stupid. All right. Well, I got like uh, $600 and a, a free McFlurry from McDonald's coupon. And the people are like, <laughs> exactly. let's get it done. It's like those people are usually cops, guys. The, the, those are the fake ones. <laughs> but 
again, $100,000 is not a small amount. That can be traced. Oh, yes. I just, this is such a senseless, stupid, I don't know. Now, we do have to say Charlie Adelson is innocent until proven guilty. But what we can say is that the prosecution has a ton of evidence. So much evidence that the judge ordered him to be held in the clink with no bond. So they didn't even put a bond on him. He, They're like, you're not coming out, dude. You're staying in here as long as it takes for your trial to begin. Good. Charlie is currently in solitary confinement awaiting his trial. I guess because it's such a high-profile case. The rest of the Adelson family have not been arrested for any involvement at this time. Let's end this with a bit of extra information provided by the one and only, my BFF, Miss Wiki. I love Wiki. Are you ready? Yep. After the 2016 arrests, Wendy Adelson had the children's last name legally changed to Adelson, saying it was for safety reasons, whatever that's supposed to mean. She, she, all, she wasn't the one who was shot. Ugh. She also cut all contact between the children and Dan's parents. Florida's grandparent visitation laws are some of the most restrictive in the nation. The Markles had no way to petition a court to try and regain visitation with their grandsons. That's horrible. That, that is. is so horrible. The Markles, um, the Markles' own son was murdered, and now they can't even see their grandsons, the only thing left of their son. Florida legislature considered a bill in the, in, um, the 2020 legislative session, SB 1886, sponsored by Senator Jeff Brands, that would create an additional set of conditions in which grandparents would be granted stand, standing to access courts. Wendy Adelson's attorney denounced the bill as an absolute outrage. Why is it an outrage? Like, these were good grandparents. You know what I mean? They didn't do anything wrong. That's sickening. This act was named the, isn't it? This act was named the Markle Act in 2022. The Markle Act passed and was signed into law by the governor. I really hope that Dan's parents were um, told about the Markle Act passing, and I really hope they are in contact with their grandsons again. This was a crazy, crazy story for sure, and just goes to show the lengths people will go. You know what I mean? We'll have to revisit to see what the final outcome is. Oh, 100%. Crazy. I, I agree. This. So I, what do you think? Uh, I don't find this one to be any sort of that style case. You, you sold me a bill of goods, Charity. This isn't what I was expecting. It is. It's a passion crime. Kind of. but It's a crime of passion. Passion to keep the kids to themselves. That's, in my eyes, that's not what I consider a passion crime to be. I'll give you it on half merit. You get half a point for a crime of passion. Creeps, what do you think? It was passion that made them go through the crime, possibly. The passion of the love for the, for the kids. All right, Creeps, it's up and to the you. the ex-husband. Is this a passion crime or not? <laughs> And real quick before we go, I just want to give a shout out to my mailman. Um, you will be going through a snowbank when you listen to this tomorrow because I am not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to snowblow my driveway until the snow is done. Um, oh no! My driveway is like the last thing to get. Well, no, because my neighbor's is because I also snowblow my neighbor's driveway. So when I do mine, his is actually after mine. So sorry, guys. <laughs> But uh, appreciate the mail delivery. Like, you guys do you do great. Like, I appreciate it. But 
I know. I, I laughed because I woke up and I got that message on Facebook that said, yeah, Mark's didn't that plow out his mailbox. And I was like, you gosh darn right I didn't. It was gross outside. I had COVID. <laughs> I wasn't going outside. I could hey, barely I, move. I, I offered to come over and shovel it out for him. <laughs> yeah, it was all good. Don't worry. I still got my mail. He's, oh, a, he's a good dude. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.